You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where today I'm flying solo just because of some family travel plans going on with the Allens and some aging parent issues that are happening um, and how life continues to go on, um, whether we you know, have a whole lot of say in circumstances or not, we're responsible with how we respond to it. So because of that, we are... You get me for the opening and the close today, and then where we're heading today, just a little bit of a forecast of what's coming up, is another best of episode where I went back into the stats of the history of SMR, at least the recent past three years, and found one of the more popular shows by download. And so that's where a chance to revisit a topic we've covered before uh, in the best of series that we've done a couple times this summer. And then we will get back to our regular shows with my wife joining me um, and with your questions that we'll answer. And we'll go where you want to go. And the way you let us know is you call us in at 214-702-9565 or email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Jump on the platform my.smrnation.com or any other ways you choose to listen. Rate and review. Leave a comment. We can even find find your questions there and the topics that we need to cover. Because this is uh, listener-driven radio, the the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation is what makes this whole machine go, and we can't thank you enough that you spend time each and every week with us. As summer winds down, wherever you are, or maybe it's just still in full swing for you, well done, enjoy it. Um, What we want to have happen here at Sexy Marriage Radio is we want the best married sex that you can possibly have, because marriage is where the hotbed of sex happens, and... We hope that your bed and your marriage are hot. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a look back at an episode we did uh, covering some of the ideas and questions on the concept of the missionary position and how we've had a series of questions over the years of Sexy Marriage Radio come in where the missionary position seems to be the only condoned position. And we we bring up some different alternatives and some different ways to look at it, even within the realms of that position in and of itself, not even to mention some of the other options that we have available. And then on the extended version, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Is a conversation that Pam and I had about some of the more popular Christian marriage books out there, the love languages, love and respect, his needs, her needs, and how... My professional opinion is a lot of the information that's in there, it's actually being used wrong. All that's coming up on today's show. Hi, Corey and Pam. I've been listening to your show for quite a while now. I've actually only been married three months, and you have an amazing sex life, partially, I think, as a result of listening to your show. So I'm really grateful for all of the work that you guys are doing. And I was calling in today to push back on the last episode that where um, you were talking about the husband who is married to the woman who who didn't want to do anything except for a missionary position because it made her feel dirty. And um, Corey was suggesting that the husband should just do something in the moment 
to try to change that dynamic and that this was solely a preference issue, so he should hold to his preferences in that way. And I just have to say that makes me really uncomfortable. I think, number one, that it's not trauma-informed. Like, if there were any kind of trauma in that situation and you just pushed for the thing you wanted without her consent, like, that is going to introduce a very deep level of distrust into that relationship, and it could trigger trauma, and it would not be good. So that's my first concern. And then the second concern is if she's saying she feels dirty doing anything besides missionary, that is deeper than just a preference. Like there's something else going on there. That's a lot of shame and baggage and maybe church stuff. And I don't think you should push that by just trying to do the thing. Like that requires some therapy to figure that out. Um, and I know that you were saying you don't think that having a conversation is really changing anything, but I do think that in order to push into something new sexually, it's important to have both people's consent and not just consent, but enthusiastic consent or even like, yes, I am willing to do this thing with you before you move into it. And I agree with you that there is nothing wrong with him wanting something else. But I don't think that the healthiest way for him to get it is just to go and push for it. So um, I hope you circle back to that conversation that you had. Thanks so much for listening to my feedback. Bye. Well, here we go. We're circling back. Yes. Because there's a couple of things that come out. I want to set the stage for this conversation, Pam. Okay. So the first thing that jumps out to my mind is um, just maybe a clarification that one of the messages I want to try to get across from last week's show was that conversation alone is often not enough. We think that it will move the dial just if we can talk about it more. But a lot of the gridlock issues we have in marriage do not get solved by conversation. It's conversation and action. So where do you think conversation lies within kind of a step-by-step basis? Uh, I think it's interwoven through it all. Okay. I also think that it's a lot of debriefing, maybe, after the fact of, hey, here's where I was after that, when I tried that, when this happened, whenever. But one of the things that I have found is a lot of times, because we are pleasers a lot of times in married life, that usually one of the traits that helps you stay in a long-term marriage is you really do care about the person you're with. You're not just running over them with your wants and needs and desires. Yeah. And so that lends itself to be a little bit more on the pleasing scale. And so you will back off and temper yourself. And we think, if I can just have the conversation about it, that will mitigate some of the risk rather than, no, I can't make the risk go away from something I want to introduce or try. I've got to just take the risk. And most of the time that is done through action. And so I think it's both. Okay. I'm I was trying to s- sit here and and make and not every relationship is going to be the same, right? Absolutely. And so I I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think in my head, what's a step by step of of certain things that maybe you should think through and go through that could be just this overall cursory here's what needs to happen. And and I would think in this situation um who knows what the scenario is as to why a specific spouse only wants to do missionary position. If it's a trauma-related issue, 
my uh, ideally there's been conversation there. You got to know what's going on. Hopefully this person has been um it's a known aware. thing. It's a known thing yep. and hopefully spouse knows it's a known thing. Right. And advice if you had people sitting in your office for someone that had trauma versus someone that maybe just had a preference would okay. be two different things. It it would be, and I need to add this caveat because what I will what I'm about to say is if I was going to speak to someone in my office that had trauma around this act, I'm the therapist that does not dance around that. I come full guns at that trauma. Okay. Because I believe in the best in people because a lot of times healing from trauma is claiming your own power again. Okay. Because that's what the brain is really trying to do. Mm-hmm. Is it's trying to make sense of something that generally speaking is based out of powerlessness. Because you were a child and you did not have in the power structure. You didn't have it. Or you were on a date in a situation and it was taken from you and you just didn't You had you, no power. You didn't have the power no strength, or you didn't claim it, it because a variety of reasons that can happen. And so a lot of times trying to get couples and individuals to recognize this is a strength-based approach. This is a power-based process that I have to claim it because a lot of times trauma can be used in the, as the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything because of, and I'm not going to discount that. That's a reality. It is. Yeah. But it's also not limiting as sometimes that we make it to be. That a lot of times when, when a person can really take the courageous step, and that's the thing that jumps out to me most, Pam, is the clients I work with, especially the ones that really come in wanting to work, they are the most courageous people on the face of the planet. Yeah. Because they're willing to stare some demons into the, into the face and defeat them. And most of the time those demons are internally, and sometimes that demon is their spouse. Mm. Or it's their family member or something that's happened. But there's ways to confront that. And knowing that it's a cyclical thing, I'll have to keep confronting it. And in marriage, this is where a partner can actually be a tremendous ally for this process. That's what you're pointing on, is if it's a trauma-induced thing, hopefully that's already a known quantity. Right. And if it is, well, then it's not just necessarily force it, but it's also, in my opinion... It's not don't ever try to make a move because sometimes there's still, you can gently do that. You can carefully do that. You can lovingly do that. So that's, that's the one point is the okay. trauma. You want to keep going there for a second? No, go ahead. Go ahead with what you can. Because the other, other points that I want to at least jump on for, as our part of our conversation is the shame messages because yeah. if, if it's just preference – then that's probably deeper than just I'm uncomfortable. Well, right. To her comment that if someone has that Mm -hmm. preference, there's something historically that goes back there, whether it's your upbringing um, in in home or religious or whatever, or... um, Yeah. Messages that you've been taught or heard or not taught or not heard that have limited you. Yeah. If you you. feel dirty, you feel dirty. And Mm -hmm. that's what it is. And so you're talking about the meanings associated with You're also talking about scripts. Yeah. Is the way I think of this. It's, it's what, where, where'd that script come from? Yeah. Because I actually just put this out in the academy today, as we're at uh, the day of our recording, this mm-hmm. about 
an idea I'm kicking around for book title, uh, theme, topic of what were the messages you were taught or not taught mm. growing up yeah. when it comes to sex and desire, because it's, it does a lot of harm. Because one of the things I came across earlier today in doing some research for this was a, a quote or a statement that made, if you don't talk about something, then fear is going to take over, which is in a sense making it an idol. Interesting, because, because you're, you're so too fearful much power. of it. Yes, yeah. you're giving it too much power. And so that's where one of the things Sexy Marriage Radio exists is to try to stem that tide and change the dialogue and change the conversation in marriages and in families about this. But it's also one to have to realize, if you are talking about the shame message of, I'm just not comfortable with this, then this is the same, I think, as far as a spouse with that wife, this is the same process of, hey, I'm here, I'm supportive, I'm engaged, what do you want to do? Because I like her, I like the caller's idea of, get into counseling, yes, yeah, <laughs> get in there. But if this is the scenario that we often see from our voicemail and in- inbox, that it's the spouse that's the one that's really frustrated, the one that really needs, quote unquote, quote the unquote, possibility yes. of the outlet for that support, they're not listening. They're cool. They're good with their preference. They're good with their comfort. Yeah. And so it does create a, a real gridlock scenario of what do I do? What's the next move? And that's where I think you have to couple in the idea of it's conversation and movement. But the movement is also consistency, just not not even just around the idea of sex. It's consistency of the way you interact around the subject. Because, tell me if I'm wrong, Pam. Okay. If you're in a relationship where one spouse only is comfortable with missionary position, is there likely a lot of sexual banter going on outside of the bedroom? No. I'm, Probably I mean, not. I mean, that's a hunch. Sounds like it'd be pretty, it's a thought, pretty much but, the same over and over. Right. It's all speculation because we don't know that data. Yeah. But I don't think it's too big of a leap to, to get to that. Sure. So sometimes the move can be, I'm not ashamed of my desire for you. So I'm going to start expressing it more. I'm going to start making the little subtle gestures, the playful overtures, the innuendos, the the brush buys, the flirty things. Yeah. And I think that's a move that coupled with conversation is all helping reframe the dynamic. Right? Right. Okay. And, and well, I'm, I'm, I'm just hearing it when it's coming from a spouse that is solid, that um, I perceive has my best interest in mind, that doesn't, um, uh, lack of a better word, hurt me in other areas of life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If, if there's a solid relationship and, and we have this a mutual, um, still have an or adoration for one another, right? It's respect. And yeah. so if my arena is I only like the missionary position and you're trying to make other moves when I see that you are solid in all the other areas of our relationship and of yourself, mm-hmm then ideally I'm not seeing that as a threat. I may not like it because it makes me uncomfortable and that's not what I want. Right. Well, initially it probably is threatening. 
Let's let's face that. Okay. Because it is you're changing the dynamic. You're making me face the things I don't want to face. Anything that makes me feel uncomfortable is considered and a threat at it's, that point. It's the rare human that sees the discomfort coming at them and being presented that applauds. Okay. And is like, oh yeah. fantastic. I was just waiting for you to bring this up. I mean, that's the whole and because the, the last comment I want to make on the caller is that it it is great if you both have enthusiastic agreement on it because if you had conversations about, yeah, and you get people on buying in, right? To, I would like to do this and you get the permission or yeah. the, in, the buy-in of, I can see that. But the one thing I have figured out in married life and then in the work I do and then the stuff I read from Schnarch, because this is one of his phrases, is that novelty, which that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Anything that's changing a system is novel. Yeah. So novelty is always introduced unilaterally. It's not equal. Well, yeah, I just think across the board, whether it's sexual or not. I mean, there's things we do for fun that I would have thought, whitewater rafting. I would have thought that you would have been totally on board. This sounds great. I bring that up to do that on a family vacation. And it's like, we got kids <laughs> i don't want to put my kids in white in a white water raft. i wasn't at my best at that moment i'll it, own that but the, but it's just for example <laughs> no, it's point, true. right it's, it's true and so would it bring, bring that up and you're like uh, I, I don't know i'm not sure i want to put my kids in that situation mm-hmm. and we're done it's like oh my goodness that best was thing we've so ever done. fun no, that so was the great. best yeah. thing we need to do that again uh, so i i i kind of get where you're going there and that yeah we you don't always have that both parties being enthusiastic about something going into it. Right. But I think there's ways, and this is what you touched on. There's ways by the way I'm living and conducting myself in all areas of my married life that demonstrate trustworthiness for this particular area where I'm trying to move the needle. Sure. Knowing it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be some pushback. Okay. If I know what I'm in for and I can handle and absorb that a little better, I think that's the marker of a solid husband is he can absorb those things well. And I think that's the marker of a solid wife, is she can absorb those things well. When she's pushing the dial, fantastic. Yeah, We're all better. Yeah, But I want to thank the listener that calls in, because I think it's worth pointing out just the trauma aspect, that if that is a dynamic in the relationship, yeah, that's, that's a little more delicate. That you've got to Certainly. approach it. Yeah. But I don't think that makes it a sacred cow that you can't still push it. It's it's a it's a delicate dance, but life plays out that way. Yeah, and, and push it maybe a, maybe is not the appropriate word, but it's still address it, right? It, you can't you don't have to just ignore it forever. Absolutely. Yeah. I was listening to episode four oh two regarding the email from the man whose wife feels that anything other than missionary position is dirty, and it reminded me a little of my own journey. About a year ago, I also realized I was a, quote, nice guy and began to change, loving my wife but no longer apologizing for my desire of her. We began to disagree more, and the turning point was when I suggested we see a counselor to get another point of view. To avoid seeing a counselor, she agreed to think about why she felt uncomfortable. What came out of that in the following weeks was pivotal. She felt that my desires were wrong because they sounded pornographic, and she felt like I was trying to change her. It opened the door for us to talk about why God designed us with different types and levels of desire and how we can learn to enjoy those differences. It also caused us to think deeper about why pornography is wrong. 
for the most part, it's not the acts themselves that make it wrong, but rather that it's done outside the boundaries of God's design for marriage. It was at that moment I saw a, saw porn as a double-edged sword, already knowing that it tempts the husband to loosen his boundaries, but what surprised me was that it also tempts the wife to tighten her boundaries. God has put the boundaries where he wants them for a reason. When we decide to loosen or tighten them, we harm ourselves. As for me, quote, trying to change her, we are still working through a few thoughts. Anytime boundaries are corrected, it requires change. God has used my wife's natural inclinations to change me for the better. Doesn't it make sense that God may want to use mine to change her? Could it be that he wants to show her deeper joy and oneness through surrendering even her passion to her husband? Change can feel good or bad. The question is, does it get us closer to God's design? I made sure she understood how I felt about her, and I clarified what I saw God's boundaries to be. Secrecy, safety, and security. Secrecy is that sexual intimacy only works if it's private. It must be just between us, not involving other physical or virtual people. Safety, we should not do anything that physically or emotionally harms our spouse. And security, we must desire to protect and grow that intimacy. This man and his wife may have other issues or maybe their underlying struggle is similar to ours, and possibly this helps. It's a process and a moving target, but by God's grace, we are closer than we were. I like the reframe. Yeah, I appreciate him calling in. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worth noting that um, being able to see the process of growth and how it can come in a myriad of forms. Mm. Um, the one thing that just I have a personal bias with the one thing that jumps out to me is his statement of to avoid going to a counselor. She agreed to figure out what it was that made her so uncomfortable. <laughs> There's I get a lot it. Of, there's a lot of people that that's, I, that's taboo. I get it. C- counseling has has its own mantra and tabooness and and battle to fight sometimes with people in people's minds. Sure, but I like the idea that um, he was willing to push in and and not back down because this is a, an important point. This is all I really want to try to get across from this message is. This is a great descriptor to me of the dynamic of pushing in and holding a line without forcing it. It's like it's like holding a dynamic without running away from it. Yeah. Without avoiding it, without and then also most importantly without forcing it. Well, it sounded to me like he was giving options along the way. Yeah. And providing solutions along the way. Yeah. Okay, well if we can't do this, then can we do this? Right. If we're not going to counselor, here's what I would like. Right. Here's what I'd like to understand. And the way I think that, that the pivotal thing that changed this to me in hearing the message was how he started the message was he realized his desires weren't wrong. Sure. Right. There's nothing wrong with wanting and being attracted to my spouse. No. I mean, that's my journey that I was on mm-hmm. years ago of mm-hmm. kind of realizing, you know what? My sexual desires, they're not, they're not wrong. Mm-mm. Desire is a good thing, you know, and it's recognizing that's an internal process that then starts to play out relationally. And then you have the world of how do I exact change? Yeah. 
because most of the time we want to get into change by, well, just my, if my spouse would carry their side of the equation better, it'd be a whole lot easier for me. Well, yeah. So exacting change is trying to exact change on the other party. Right. Yeah. So instead I have to look at the definition of exacting change is changing me, changing my approach, changing my resolve, my uh, the depth of what do I really believe and what mm-hmm. really drives me and being okay with that. Yeah. Knowing that, yes, there's going to be uncomfortable times when he starts to express his desires to his wife and she's, I'm uncomfortable with this because it makes, I liken it to the pornography, which is what he's re- alluding mm-hmm. to. Sure. But then when she started investigating more, lo and behold, maybe that's too, too far of a leap. Yeah. Maybe there's something else in there that could make it to where, we have created something now that is beneficial for both of us. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Well, we have said this several times over the course of Sexy Marriage Radio that we love the Sexy Marriage Nation. Yeah. And we love the fact that the Sexy Marriage Nation pushes back and gives their input, gives their thoughts. Yeah. I appreciate people that are passionate about uh, what they're doing and what they're listening to and that they'll take the time to to speak up. Yeah. And let that be known. I will, com- I will ditto that comment because it's, it is such a good relationship to have when both sides of the relationship carry their weight. And that's what we want to try to do each week as your hosts is carry the conversation to at least start some in your world. Mm-hmm. But we also want it from you to know, whoa, missed it there. What about this? This is my experience because then we're all better. So 214-702-9565 is how you can let us know what we missed. Or even if you just like what we got going on, we love hearing that kind of stuff too. Yeah, we like the positive as well as the negative. So this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.